What up guys, welcome back to Off The Record, where we talk about whatever we want. And on today's segment, Ask An Expert, we have Don here, who is a former Marine Raider, which is part of Special Operations. And so we uh, used to talk a lot when we were training for the marathon, and we would just be running like seven, nine, 10 miles, so we just have like conversations. And I would hear some of the craziest stories, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like one of them was, um, can you tell them about the one where you, you're in a helicopter accident and it like slammed you against the ground? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, actually it was just crazy. It's just crazy to just hear them. Yeah, we were um, training in Arizona. So we were supporting um, the Marine version of like Top Gun pretty much. It's called WTI, it's like Weapon Tactics Instructor for all the pilots in the Marine Corps. But um, for them to get like certified, they need to support a ground unit. So we were like the makeshift ground unit special operations team that was training another force coming in. Um, so anyways, so kind of like role-playing a little bit. Yeah, role-playing, LARPing. Yeah, but people die and get injured in military LARPing all the time, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but for this specific scenario, we were supposed to go do a, a insert at nighttime. Uh, and we were flying on CH-53s, which is like the really big helicopters. Um, it's like the ones that carry trans the Transformers in, in Transformers. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, but one of the sensors was coming out, so we were coming on the final approach for the landing. Uh, I think the ground sensor was out, so when he was coming in for the landing, he, the front rotors, or the top rotors, hit the building in oh, front of him. Like in the movie, like... Yeah, like it hit the building. And it was like sliding forward, and as soon as that happened, um, it lost control, so the back tail of the aircraft was bouncing back and forth. And we, me and my friend was unhooked because we get the 30 seconds call. We're supposed to get ready to drop the ramp and help everybody out. So we were just slamming up and down oh, on top shit. of the back ramp until the aircraft strapped. And the tail rotor actually ended up breaking off. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it cracked open and then you guys could see nothing but air and shit? Well, it was pitch black and oh, we had fuck. night vision on, but our uh, partner nation force, which is other Marines, didn't have it. So like we were like, oh, shit, we got to get off this helicopter right now. So we're trying to get people off. And they were about to walk into the tail rotor. Oh, shit. Yeah, but luckily we pulled them off. Like, because you could see, right? We had night vision on and fuck. they didn't. Dude, is the pilot in training too? Like, what's. <laughs> These are supposed to be the best pilots in the Marine Corps. Oh, They're going through a course to get certified as instructors, um, pretty much. Did he, I mean, does he did fail because of that? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was did like a whole anyone, investigation did for it. Did anyone die? No, no. But wasn't that a, that's a mechanical malfunction, right? But he should have prepped for that. He should have prepped no, for it and he should have understood that the yeah, sensor yeah, yeah. was out and then accounted for it. Because a lot of times when helicopters land, it's a, we call it a brownout scenario. So, so much dirt kicks off the, the ground that it floods out their sensors sometimes. Oh, so yeah. he should have been able to kind of adapt to that situation. So he put everyone's lives in danger. For sure. Damn, that's crazy. What kind of injuries did you have from that? I had a concussion. Uh, like my neck was swollen just from slamming up and down. Were you, when you get slammed up and down, were you like knocked out? Were you just laying on the floor? No, no? I was not knocked out. I, was, I thought I was gonna die though. I peed myself a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, being in a air, like like any type of flight and you're just going up and down, you hit the top of the airplane or anything? Hit the bottom, hit the top. That's the like bottom. boom, boom, like that, right? Yeah, like a cartoon. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't know if we were back in the air or if we were on the oh, ground or what shit. was going on. It was just because you couldn't see anything. Oh my god! Yeah. And how many people were in there with you going up and down? It was, it was only me and my other buddy that was not seatbelt in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. 
fuck? That's crazy. And then when you go home that night, do you go like, why the fuck did I do this? <laughs> I just want to know what happened. Or did you go to the hospital that night to get no, x-rays or like? Yeah, we went to like the BAS or whatever and just yeah. get checked out. Did you change your pee-pee pants? <laughs> I didn't change it till afterwards. Oh shit, dude. It was only a little bit though. Oh, okay, that's it good. It was like a little dribble. <laughs> did you ask the other guy if he had a little dribble too? Or? Yeah, he did too. <laughs> Natural though, dude. Oh, dude, are you, I would shit Sometimes, myself straight yeah. up. I think I would just die or some shit. I'd quit. I quit the military after that. Holy shit. Dude, when people are you're on an airplane and somebody's freaking out about turbulence, or you're just like, Pfft. you go, shut the fuck up. Yeah, dude, military helicopter accidents and flight accidents happen so many times. I had like, there's two Marine Raider flights, one helicopter that went down, they lost everybody, another one, oh, like man. a. Uh, C-130 just blew up in midair, lost everybody, like two. Both in training? Yeah, both in training, Marine Raider teams. Fuck. Same team number. Whoa. Same pilot? No, we <laughs> can't die twice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's the same dumbass that crashed the helicopter. So like, you get one more chance, okay, two more chances. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm assuming that Everything happens like in baby steps, right? Where like you go to boot camp, you go to all these different things, and it, and then your tolerance for what is crazy to the normal person becomes normal, right? Like, uh, so like when you're out in combat and all these things, like, is there ever a time where you get used to it? Because I'm hearing like you, you're just used to like bullets going, pew, pew, and you're just like. Not calm, but you're used. You get used to it. I don't know how to explain. Um. Well, I guess you're just form more familiar with the effects of that whatever situation you are. So, like, hey, if you're getting shot at, um, if you don't hear like that when the sound breaks or the round breaks the sound barrier and it's like snapping by you, like you know when you're at the range and you hear all those snaps across yeah. you, you know it's close. So then you know you should put your head down. But oh. if it's, you just hear rounds like coming past you and it's not and it's already dying down. You're like, okay, maybe it's not accurate fire coming at me. Maybe I can take a second, make sure I know what's going on with the situation, and then get but down the, and get covered. Damn. In the beginning, though, like breaking your first cherry in combat world, right? Were you screaming? Because I would have been, I would have been, ah, son of a, ah, shit. <laughs> I hope all my training would be working, but I think, I don't know, like it's the first time. And in the first time, did you go as infantry or did you go as special ops? Infantry. Yeah, I was 18 in Iraq the first time, but... 18?! Yeah. Damn, you were 18 when you saw combat? Wow. But I, I pretty much... Peed again? Like blacked out-ish. Oh. What know? do you mean, like, you forgot? Yeah, I can't remember, remember much of it, because... It was just such a shock? I was so scared, so so much Whoa. adrenaline pumping, you know, like... So, we're, what is your background like? Like, um, you you born here, or...? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Long Beach, California. And then did you like grow up seeing violence or anything like that? Um, I mean, I grew up in Long Beach, so there's a lot of violence around yeah. you. Um, but I mean, my dad was an Asian dad. Yeah, he know. beat the hell out of you too. Yeah, I Me got too. jumped in a few times in high school, yeah. but not like nothing, no gang violence, no like shoot, gun shooting in high school or anything. So the first time you actually saw combat gunshots, all that was in war. Yeah. Oh, damn. Do you think boot camp prepared you? Oh, actually, you? no, I did get shot at in high school. Yeah. Okay, so, but, because usually, I ask this question because, like, people that have been around it, like, they're, 
it's not their first rodeo, right? Like when yeah. they, when he's it's different from like someone that came from a nice little town because I'm only imagine like the World War Two like draft kids that oh, like yeah. 18 years old Those they guys. came from like a good little home and then all of a sudden boom they're in combat. Yeah. So it's like that must be crazy. Well, there's people that like even in boot camp they're just crying already. For real? Yeah, just because they're just not used to like that kind of intensity of people yelling at your face, moving at that speed. You know, it's just like. Yeah. There's there's already people that are like freaking the fuck out and then you're like, oh shit I'm kind of glad Step my parents yelled at me. <laughs> so how yeah, so, so let's start from there Like how did how was boot camp for you? Like did you take it easy or was it like hard? It was the hardest thing I did at the time and then Every I mean it gets harder and harder. It gets harder and harder. Yeah But if you if battle's already hard and you know you have to go through some other selection or some school don't you go, oh fuck, that's gonna be harder than that one, now I'm good. But I mean, some of the, like, the challenges is also like an adrenaline rush, you know, so you kind of try to go and focus and do some more of it. Um, and I think that's why people join the military, like they like the adrenaline rush, pretty much, so. What was your mission in Iraq, that first thing you had to do? Um, that was counter-terrorism, or what they call it, COIN, counterinsurgency. Um, but pretty much that one was drive over the IEDs or the bombs and try to find the bad guys if you can. Drive wow. over them? Well, I mean, we just drove over, so, we drove over like 15 or Did you, 16. You got hit by yeah, some of them weren't big enough, blew up the front of the, the vehicles, oh, but shit. no one died. Oh, no, no one died in that one. But my friend Bert, Jeremy Burris died on that deployment. Um, he drove over one and then he left his glasses in the truck and then he went back to his truck to grab the glasses. Then when he jumped out of the truck, he stepped on the secondary oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, the first time, you were, you basically grew up most of your adult life in combat then. Yeah, in the military. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like 18 is still hella young, if you think about it. Fuck yeah. And then you start seeing, you know, you have bullets being shot at you, all this stuff. And it's weird to me how, like, um, you know... You get deployed and then you come back to civilian world and then you go back and then it's just this crazy difference, man. Like, how do you deal with that difference? Well, the, after coming back from that first deployment from Iraq, it was like the best thing flying back, coming back to America. Like, I was appreciating everything, you know, like looking at a girl, yeah. you appreciate that because everything's all the female in the Middle East are mostly covered oh, yeah. or Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. So you saw like their ankles maybe some days, you're like, ooh, that's a nice ankle, you know? <laughs> you're like a horny 18 year old and you're just like, I need to see a woman. Yeah. There weren't that many other uh, females in the military? Not in the infantry. Oh, right, right. There's no, none with mm. us at those operating bases or anything like that for the most part. Um, but yeah. And like back then there was like one satellite phone for your whole platoon. You get one call every two weeks, one five minute call every two weeks. Wow. So like now, like even overseas now, anywhere you go, you have some type of cell phone reception or some type of internet. So everyone can have cell phones? If the, yeah, everybody has like their host nation phone. So you can still talk to like the host, your partner nation commanders, or whatever it is, you still talk to them, but it still talks back to America, I'm pretty sure for the most part. This episode of Off The Record is brought to you by HBO Max. HBO Max is a streaming platform that bundles all of the HBO stuff together in one place. There's iconic movies, big, big, big TV shows like Friends, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Euphoria, some of the best stuff out there. You know, um, something that I'm about to do this cozy romantic season because I'm all alone? What? 
I'm gonna binge watch a show by myself. I haven't done it in so long, and it's one of those like guilty kind of pleasures that I have. Yeah. And I know the world does it, but I just feel so ashamed that I do it too. That you what? Watch shows by yourself? Over and over and over. Well, Sometimes that's the best way to binge, especially if someone else doesn't have the endurance. Yeah. You can't hang if you wanna watch one season, I mean, uh, one episode after the other episode. That's true, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is back, baby. So me and Gio, we were so bored that we're like, damn, no other show lives up to the hype of Game of Thrones. So you know what we did? You started again? We watched it again. HBO Max, hands down, has the best shows on the planet, man. So right now, new and returning subscribers can sign up for a limited time by taking advantage of their prepay and save offer to save 20% by prepaying for the first six months of an HBO Max subscription. Offer ends March 1st, 2021, and restrictions do apply. So you gotta go there fast. HBO Max has something for everyone every day. Check out the link in the description and get 20% off the first prepaid six months of your HBO Max subscription. Thank you. Thank you. What was the first thing you did when you got home from war? What? Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. Where? <laughs> sure. I Well, I had a girlfriend. Oh, right on. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it was Isn't that crazy? Like all guys. Back in the car, really? <laughs> and it was really like five seconds or. I bet. Whatever it was. Yeah, you yeah. come on, dude. You had sand oh, backed you up on your neck. It was right when you got picked up? Yeah. Oh, that's tight. You fucking came at her looking at her ankles. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, her calves, bro. We yeah. saw the ankles, bro. It's the calves. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Eat good food, In and Out. Went to In and Out. What made you want to go back? Like, because after well, all that, you're just like, man, this is crazy. It wasn't until like the second, my second deployment to Iraq that I wanted to do something more. Because that first one, I was just in shock. And, but then I still had to finish the rest of my first enlistment. enlistment yeah. You know, so it wasn't really my choice. So back. what does that mean? Um, you have a contract of a time you're supposed to serve, right? Yeah. And, and so when you get activated, that means your unit is called to do the nation's duty and go out to wherever it's deployed. Exactly. So you guys did the first tour. When you came back, you were still on contract to go back? Exactly, oh. yeah. So whatever unit's going next and you're still with that unit, it's up to yeah. them where you're pretty much going. So you went back and then you're just like, all right. But what was it like going back the second time? Was it easier? Was it? It was a lot easier um, for sure. And uh, I was a squad leader for the second one. So I was in charge of people and then I got to see more and then we actually did a cordon. So a cordon's like, if you have, the, someone's coming to uh, do a hit on a building, you're the force around that building to make sure you isolate it, no one comes in, and as well as- It's uh, kind of like security forces. Yeah, so you kind of restrict the people coming out as well. And then we had a Navy SEAL um, team come in and do a hit on that building. Um, they actually hit the b wrong building, they hit the building next to it. <laughs> You're all like, hey, hey guys, it's over here! <laughs> Fight me over yeah. here, guys! <laughs> yeah, pretty much, but I was like, oh man, these guys are so cool, you know, they come in with like tennis shoes, cool guns, baseball hats, you know, like that's what was like my first experience with like special Fresh operations. operations. I was like, and you were like, I want to do what they're doing. I want to do what they're doing, you know, and I'm out here sitting in the truck waiting for these guys to hit the building, but in my head I'm like, I want to go in there and shoot the bad guys. Yeah. I want to go hit the wrong building. Yeah, <laughs> they actually had their dog bite off a calf of this girl that ripped her calf. Oh shit. And they went to the next building, hit the building, and then we had they left the girl for us to deal with. That sucks. Yeah. Damn. Damn, I'm sure there's a lot of mistakes that happen in war and that, that just sucks. Man. But that's also like, you know, when you're back here, that training, it's almost like if you play a game, you know how like, they, they almost feel like going to Iraq or going into a theater, 
that's like game day. So oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So when you're training, like when you're like running practice, like basketball or football practice, um, that's what training back at here is. It's just that you're training with like lethal forces, and that's why people can die during yeah. practice. And everything they do to train you is always about like, oh, kill, kill, kill. You know, it's so like it's kind of like a brainwashing in a type of way. Yeah, I mean, you you are that one a ultimate goal. Yeah, like that's your job. Like it's a warrior's job. Yeah. Like you're not there to make friends. I was watching this like documentary of um, was this SEAL Team Six that hit Osama bin Laden or no? Mm -hmm. Like they they already knew the building, and then they rebuilt. Built it. They built it right, so they yeah. knew exactly what the build. They got the blueprints. Wow. They built the building, and they spent like, like six months running plays, pretty much right. Like exactly. That. Wow. Did, did you guys, in, in the, once you get to special operations for your missions, did you guys have that kind of like level of like rehearsal? Not with my team uh, specifically. So when I was in Afghanistan, we were um, at, we had a mission called uh, VSO, Village Stability Operations. So they flew us in uh, and we put into a village that there's Americans or maybe Americans been there, or maybe we were placed in a team where no Americans have been. And you're pretty much sent there to build a militia to defend themselves from the Taliban. So how do you become friends with the locals to be like, all right, we're here to help you guys out so the Taliban doesn't come over here? Um, whatever like obje objectives like their village elders have, we, we try to help them out. And so everybody talk wants- to them first. Yeah, and everybody doesn't want the Taliban to rip them off and take all their poppy or whatever it is, you know, or their farms and stuff like that. So we talk to them and stuff. But to answer your question real fast, there was another team that was part of the commando team um, and all their jobs was to go out with the Afghan commandos and do hits. So whatever intel we would do, unless we were getting shot at first, or if it was a target that we had um, a better like reason to hit, yeah. like we're working with this force and they hit it and they won't work with anybody but us, then most of the time we were just turning over the mission package to these other guys that would come and hit and they would build up mock-up buildings and stuff like that and do rehearsals on it multiple times. Mm. Yeah. Then what was your question? Again. I forgot. How do, you, how, do you, how do you get along with the local oh, Afghanis? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you train them and all that stuff? Do you offer them a part of the MRE? I mean, we they got chocolates. We definitely <laughs> give them, um, offer them food, training. Um, we pay them to, to train so they have some type of salary. And we kind of get that, um, try to establish their own government within the area. So, like, hey, kind of appoint like a village elder, and then he kind of appoints a military leader in the town and just trying to build up some type of governance. Some sort of stability in stability. that area. Is well, it so true that many of those tribes have never even seen like other people in Afghanistan? Like, yeah, Af Afghanistan's a crazy different dynamic because they've just seen war for, for so long. You know, they've the Russians were there in the eight, I mean, just forever. Um, but like different parts of Afghanistan, you see different types of people that have been through there. Like the Tajiks in Afghanistan, they look straight Mongolian, you know? And then there's like another tribe or whatever, they look like Russian descent and they're like bright red hair and like mm. the bluest eyes, like not like red hair, like gingers in America, but like red, red, like that red. Oh, what wow. The fuck? It's crazy. Like, and their oh. eyes are blue and not like the blues over here. It's like uh, sea blue. Like it's- Like it's a Hawaii ocean? Like Hawaii ocean blue. Some wow. pure Russian shit. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Yeah, and then the other ones are like they look straight like Middle Eastern, so it's just it's just a different weird dynamic. Wow, that's crazy. And then when yeah. you go into these villages, um, 
is it because I, I you know for from from me being living in a big city you automatically assume everyone has a similar understanding of life right like i can go into yeah. a room i know if i need to yeah. take a piss there's a toilet right like when you go into these villages is it like does it sometimes feel like you're almost time traveling into like caveman days oh. like oh shit what the fuck is this 100 there's a lot of rural places in afghanistan that haven't have no tv have no i mean no maybe TV they have maybe either? they have like a some weird antenna or something like that yeah. but very limited cell phone reception. Whoa. No internet, you know, just like a regular cell phone. Um, so how do you even like connect on, is it, how do you have a translator or yeah, something? Or we, have, we have a translator. Um, and then a lot of guys go to speak Pashtun and Dari before they learn how to speak it the language before they go over mm -hmm. there so we can kind of understand and pick up some of this stuff. And then the tribes also speak the same language? Or like it just depends which tribe they're coming yeah. from as well. But Pashtun and Dari is a dominant of the two um, languages in Afghanistan, yeah. Do they know why you're there? I... Sometimes Sometimes they, they do, sometimes, yeah. Like, do they know you're there to help fight the bad guys? Like, or are they just like... Yeah, but it's just a fucked up system to begin with, you know? Like, you kill the Taliban, no one pays them for their poppy, you know? And for a while, the America had a mission to burn the poppy fields, which is fucking not a good idea Do they whatsoever. even know what they're growing is, I guess, illegal to us? Or no? They know it's drugs. But they know sure. that they get to use, they, so they know it's drugs, and they know that by growing these drugs, they get, get to make money. For, for their family. And yeah. That's as, as pretty much boiled down as their logic is. Yeah, and do they even care that America's like, it's illegal in America? Probably not. Is it true that we also had uh, forces guarding the poppy fields as well? It just depends on whatever commanders um, in, or in that time, um, what his mission objectives are or what his, you know, people told him to do pretty much. But sometimes there was to protect the field, sometimes it was to burn them. What's the incentive of protecting the fields or, or what's the incentive to burning the fields? Burning them because we didn't want the money to fund the Taliban anymore, right? So that money, they were believed that it was, oh, the, drug, it's drug the Taliban money. was taking the money and then buying equipment, weapons, stuff mm. to make bombs, protecting them so that way they can still have a living to be able to maintain provide, their ecosystem. Maintain their ecosystem. Because it's not the Taliban's poppies, it's the local village's poppy? Well, the majority of the time. They, they buy them from the local villages, right? Yes, exactly. Wow. So the only people that are buying the poppies are the Taliban? There's yeah, no other sure. people? Well, the Taliban and then other organized, other oh. fucking terrorist organizations, like ISIS is heavily in Afghanistan now. Dang. So it just depends. But I mean, it's a huge market. Yeah. People are not going to stop doing drugs, and unfortunately. Did you ever take any selfies with poppies? <laughs> I did not, but I have some with weed plants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Poppy was everywhere, though, so I didn't think to take oh, some. Oh, special? Yeah. Did you ever take any pictures with Saddam's gold or anything like, stuff like that? I wasn't in Iraq during that time, but I know a few friends that. Really? Those. It's pretty great. Yeah. So when you were in Iraq, you didn't go into the major cities. It was more like... Um, in my second deployment, I was in Fallujah, but my oh. first one, I was in um, the city called Al Qaim, or not city, but near on the outskirts of Al Qaim. It's like on the northern Syrian border, mm -hmm. yeah, Iraq. Yeah. Dang, you were in Fallujah though. That that place was pretty pretty crazy. Fallujah was crazy in like uh, Phantom Fury, which is like in 2004 for the first one, 2005 for the second one. I was there in 2007 and 2008. So it was more stabilized. More stabilized, a lot more. I was in the very center of the city, called this place called Oki Burgess. Yeah. Um, so we didn't see too much crazy stuff, just a lot of bombs 
or like two police stations got leveled though. They drove two big Damn. trucks with bombs in it and leveled it. Are we still in there? Iraq and Afghanistan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to a certain limited capacity, we definitely are, yeah. Uh, do you know like what we're trying to do over there? Like trying to stabilize it or do you know why? Oh uh, man, that's way above my head. But from what <laughs> I, I know is um, if we can under fully understand the threat over there and, and kind of keep the attention over there, it'll limit the attention that they would put onto American soil, right? Oh. So, so it's almost like defense by offense? Yeah, um, as well as trying to stabilize the area, right, as much as possible, where wherever we could provide assistance, especially in defense, um, it would help from other regimes kind of standing up and trying to throw a coup on their own government on um, so many different levels, right? Like the situation with Syria and, and all that stuff was like seven different power players all trying to come into it. So we're just trying to figure out what's really going on because if we don't have a presence there, we can't really figure it out. We just mm. need to send spies all the time, which is a lot of money and a lot of assets going in to train one person, embed them, you know, so. Yeah. Having a military presence there allows us to have access to a lot more information and understanding of the area. There's a lot going on that I have no idea. Yeah, me too, brother. That's, that's what you just said. You're like, I literally don't even barely know. Yeah. Sure. You just get a mission and you just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah.